Yo, it's the What Did He Said podcast. This your boy Chingo Blingo with the Big Tamarindo. And today I have my lovely co-host, my vieja, my love, shorty my rock. <laughs> Marisol. Marisol. Tell them your Instagram, boo-boo, where you be looking fine at. At Marisol underscore lives. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And my baby is in there, in that belly, getting swole. He's in there doing, um, you know, push-ups and sit-ups and all that. Yo, so real quick, before we get started with this special Valentine's edition with our lovely guest, it was very informative. I want to tell you about these tour dates real quick. If you go to my website, chingobling.com, you will find the list of cities and you could get some tickets. We have Brea, California. We're at the Improv, March 7th. Atlanta, ATL, ho! Atlanta, Georgia, March 18th. San Diego, March 29th through the 31st. San Jose, April 26th. All the cities and all that is on my website, chingobling.com. And we have really cool exclusive merch designed by the homie David Melgar. It is fire. And you can only get it at the tour spots. So we got that out the way. So today, we sat down with Beth Liebling, author of the of the romance book uh, what would we call that it's like a, a help sex therapy yeah self-help i guess not it's like educational, educational sex yeah stuff. sex stuff for girls this is the girl version the girl oh. is this, this is the girls and then she's going to bring out the men's so basically this book is like for the men and women to read so that they know all the terminology all the term and what to do how to explore stuff and then when she she's gonna, she's writing the male version so that it can be read so that women know what men like because she even said she even said <clears> that <throat> what percentage of women like have never had an orgasm or don't know where to find exactly like their G-spot. your g-spot yeah and things like that um there's people even like joseph here who's our podcast <laughs> producer who still doesn't know where the female Chris <laughs> uh, not just messing with y'all you can get a copy of this book at darlingway.com she also has a a romance shop uh, a boutique where they have lingerie and toys and stuff in houston in the heights it is called The Darling Way. And you know, we didn't talk about this on the podcast, but she's got her own exclusive lingerie um, line that just released. And it's so dope. Let me tell you why. Because she actually went to Europe and found like the right fabric so that you can look sexy, but totally be comfortable at the same time. And for moms out there who are nursing, Guess what? She brought out this bra, right? It's I a nursing you were bra. Pregnant maternity uh, lingerie. Well, it is. It's ba- it basically is because the bra is so dope. It's got like the clip where it releases the the you know the the part that covers the boob. La boobie. Yeah, and so it's like a gold clasp. It still has the support in the back. Oh, you could just hit the little button and. It... Exactly, and you just feed your child. But no one makes sexy maternity bras, and she totally thought about pregnant women. What are the chances I'm pregnant? And she brought this line out. And you sexy. And we about to copy right now at the Darling Way. So stay tuned. Put on your seatbelt. We talked about relationships, sex, toys, prostate health, and the prostate massage. You can hear me tap dancing around these questions like a politician. And I will say this. I didn't know I had a prostate, and whatever happened between me and an Asian lady at that massage place, whether she found it or not, that is that is off the record. We're not finna do no sexual harassment conversation today. Today is a grown-up convo, and we talk about, you know, squirting, sex dolls, these new sex dolls that you see on Instagram. And squirting, but confusing squirting with peeing. Remember she said that? Yeah, so she basically said it has it's pretty much pee. But it's you y'all's form of squirting. Squirting, and yeah. don't be afraid, ladies. If you need don't to squirt, Don't be afraid to pee go. slash squirt. 
just just pee on your man one time. It's Valentine's, you know? He'll love you for it. And as you can hear, we have we were gonna go with a um uh, salt and pepper uh the song Let's Talk About Sex, baby. But instead we wanted to take it to the PWA Fifth Ward Boys and Willie D. Devin the dude. I mean that pussy. is the truth. So pussy. Pussy pussy. Thank you, Joseph, for finding that uh, DJ Joseph. I don't even think Joseph had ever heard that no, song. He, no, he wasn't born yet. Yeah. That song was, I don't I, think and so. And I told him, I was like, He's, this song used to kill it in the club. He's yeah. like, bro, the hook literally says, pussy, 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 <laughs> pussy, pussy. And I was like, yes, Joseph, it's an awesome song. Me and Marisol sang the lyrics this morning. That's why me and Marisol are meant to be, because she knows all the lyrics to PWA. That is like, she has passed every test Known to man. As we're drinking coffee, we're singing the Yeah, lyrics. we're literally waking up, brushing teeth, singing. Pussy. 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 So Valentine's is around the corner. Thank y'all for subscribing and tuning in. Uh, again, Beth Liebling. Let's just start the show. Y'all y'all get ready, man. We're talking about prostates and, and all kind of stuff. So fellas, all the machismo, put it to the side. side. And, you know, I know I know this is the hip-hop community. And everybody just, you know uptight about certain things but today is valentine's and, and listen we, up you might learn an open mind learn we just learning stuff we're grown folks this is you know it's sex i know some people are religious or some people have different hang-ups about different things about sexuality and what y'all choose to do in the bedroom that's y'all's business but let's just learn beth liebling let's start the show what did he say <laughs> it is the what did he said podcast with your host, Chingo Bling. And today I have a co-host. Marisol. My vieja. Uh, we are expecting. And today is a, uh, it, it's going to be a, a fun conversation with Beth, owner of the Darling Way Romance Boutique. Or how would you describe it? <laughs> that's a great question. I wish I had a brilliant answer. It's a cute little a romantic gift shop that's got everything fun, flirty, frisky, and even a little fetish. So, so would the, would would you consider yourself to be like a sex guru, <laughs> or romance, or or what, how would you describe yourself? Yeah, I, you know, there's this line. I don't mean, I don't want to brag and stuff, but relationship guru. Um, I call it a sexicator because oh. I'm a sex educator, but that sounds so boring. And the fact is, is what I love to do is to help people with relationships, and sex is a part. Hopefully a big part of romantic relationships. Oh, yeah, so I do sure. a lot of that. So for sex sure. is my own kind of casual casual term. But I'll take relationship guru, sex guru. I don't care. <laughs> guru sounds cute. I like it. And you're located in the Heights? In Houston Heights, yeah. A so, cute little cottage in a historic district, right? Not yeah. what you'd expect for a romantic kind of boutique. Yeah, it's right down the street from a yoga place that uh, I've been to a few times. And um, me and Sol actually... We're driving by. To, uh, was it after yoga or before yoga? It was before yoga. <laughs> anyway, so we're out, we're out there in the heights, and uh, we're like, oh, look, it looks like something's going on. And I was like, wait, it looks like they're tying people up, 50 Shades <laughs> of Grey style, in this house. Because, you know, because it, it was like a house converted to a store, which the heights does that a lot, especially that's a really nice area. Yeah. You got the Lululemon and all those stores, uh, you know. So, um so we, we went up in there. So we've been to your spot. We're customers. Yeah. Let's just go ahead and put that out there. You know? I know. And I love that. I love when, I, you know, I think you're young, right? I'm, I'm in my 50s. I think y'all are a young couple. I love having young couples come in that are in the throes of a happy relationship because 
that's what I want. My mission is to keep people happy. I used to be a divorce lawyer. I don't know if you knew that, but I, I used to get people divorced and I'd say when it's a bad relationship, then okay, you have to get divorced, but divorce sucks, right? It just does. But to see a good relationship go bad because people don't know how to maintain it and keep up some exciting, sexy fun, that's such a waste. And that's, that's terrible. I don't like waste. So I like when I get to start with people who are happy and then I get to help them figure out that they can always be happy. They can always change things up and have passion. In, in your experience as a divorce lawyer, um, would you know? I, I'm sure it would vary from case to case, like how much detail you got in terms of why they're splitting up assets or whatever. Um, would you say like what percentage was like? Nah, this is a romance. This is a bedroom issue, or well, I think what happens is that. I think of of sexual intimacy um, like the mortar that keeps the bricks together, right? Um, We have plenty of platonic relationships that don't involve any sort of sexy fun, and we don't marry those people generally. So people get married because they want that romantic something. Um, It's not that sexy fun is the only thing that's missing, and people may not even recognize it's the primary thing. But if you're fighting over money, if if you've got stressful times, if one person's a slob, somebody forgets to take the trash out, it's a lot easier to deal with those things when you still feel really intimately, sexually committed and connected to somebody. When they're like, God, this person just did not take out the trash. And then they remember, you know what? But the bedroom, though. <laughs> right, right. The way they kiss me, the way they make me feel. Oh, they love me. They can't remember the damn trash, but they love me, right? Mm-hmm. That's important. And and loving somebody is, you know, sexy is one of the best ways we have of showing how much we love somebody. Uh, in that, uh, what's that book? Five Languages of Love. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I think I've like skimmed uh, a few chapters of it, but there's the the one about touch. Uh huh. And I know that I remember it saying like, um, you know, sex or you know, romance or that. It doesn't really mean that per se. Or would you say right. that it kind of does? No, I think touch is incredibly important. There are times when, for whatever reason, a couple can't have penetrative sex, right? But if they can have touch, and there's affectionate touch, and then there's a sexy touch. They're very, very different. Um, but the more of both that you get, the more connected you feel. And so if you can, if you break it apart, and I, this is the logical lawyer brain, right? I recognize that there's emotional intimacy, there is physical intimacy, and then there's a romantic, sexy intimacy. Mm-hmm. And the way to understand that is you, with your gynecologist, you can have physical intimacy, no sexy, no <laughs> emotional intimacy, right? Yeah. Um, and with your partner, you could have all three or you could have none. And But the, the trifecta is when you have all three of those. And so that's, and for men particularly, a lot of times they don't feel that emotional intimacy if there is no sexy, romantic intimacy. And we're wired differently. <laughs> well, and I'm not even sure how much of it's wired differently, but you're also brought up differently, right? Mm-hmm. You don't go out with your friends and go link arm in arm and snuggle up. Um, when you guys have this baby, Marisol probably will spend hours more every day holding that baby and getting her touch needs met. Mm-hmm. And you don't have other people giving you that touch need, meeting that touch need, except for Marisol. And so at the end of the day, when you're like, come here, I just want to sit next to you, I want to snuggle. And she's like, oh my God, don't touch me because I've had this baby in my arms all day. That can start a demise in a relationship 
that I think if you just understand it, and she knows, oh, wait, nobody's touched him. Mm. Okay, <laughs> she's going to step up and well, touch you. Know what's you know funny? He we talk about touched. that all the time because of the fact that we're together so much. Oh. We work together. I mean, I'm not – it's going to sound so odd, but, I mean, we literally – I mean, do everything together, you know? We're partners in everything, pretty much, and our relationship is, is pretty close, and so one of the things I've always told him is I want to make sure that even when this baby is born, there's still that us, because we have it already, yes. and that's the one thing I don't want to lose, because then I feel you lose each other as a couple, and then, and then you show that to the child as well, that there's no connection between mom and dad, you know, and right. I, that's the last thing I want, <clears throat> excuse me. Growing up, there wasn't, I knew my parents loved each other, but the touch was very minimal. And so I used to always wonder why I would see my, my other friends' parents kind of be a little bit more affectionate than mine, but my parents were so conservative. And that, that's not the way, I'm not like that, neither is he, and so, <clears throat> Excuse me, I've been sick. Yeah, we're both yeah. under the weather. Under the weather. So um, I, I think that's so important to show. I think that's important, too, for children to see that their parents, you know, touch and hug and kiss each other. And, right. And it's just, it's, then it's not awkward for them either, you know? It's like open, right. a, a form of being open with each other. Right. So I think it's, I agree. There's, right. We've uh, talked about that already. Yeah. And it's hard though, right? Because if you're together all the time and you have that touch, it's hard to then keep it some excitement to it, right? It, it's just like if you're eating ice cream all the time and it's available to you all the time, there's a tendency to go, okay, I'm a little kind of tired of ice cream and mm -hmm. stuff. But so how, how do y'all do that? I, mean, I don't get tired of ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> I mean... I don't have a problem talking about this stuff. I mean, we we're we're very active in the bedroom. So like for we uh, go to a lot of ice cream gets eaten. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I mean, going to the romance shops is not a problem to me. I don't have a, I don't I can tell when I walk in and someone's like we get recognized. Yeah, that's the only <laughs> thing he'll get recognized, and so it's like. They'll ask for a picture and he'll be like, "Great, someone's well, gonna post I don't this think, on it nah, on social media." Never, oh yeah, there has been. Mm -hmm. But um. Well, to be fair, I didn't recognize you. Yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad. I yeah. think no, that's cause, good because yeah. I'm old and stuff. But um. So I, I I was wondering um it's kind of the same subject. Um what are you, what would you say are some reasons slash excuses that people use to where it starts off. Like the you know the flame is kindled and everything's clicking and all you know everything's working then all of a sudden little there's a wedge and then there's this and then it, what leads to like oh now you're seeing a divorce lawyer. Um, yeah, I think it it's tiny little nicks and chips and stuff, but what happens is that they start placing priority on other things. So I love that Marisol is already looking forward to and recognizing how to maintain that connection because so many other people think, oh, we're gonna have a kid, let's just shift all of our attention to that child. Mm -hmm. And I tell them the fact is that's actually not that great for the kid because your kid needs to have parents who are connected, who are intimate, who that bond that's, is so strong. Yeah, that's, like the, the, that's like upper management. So if your house is a business, you know, and the kids are, I guess, it might be a weird metaphor, em the employees, you know, it's like, wait a minute, like the executive cabinet yes. has to be like your star player 
the coach, like upper management, that's all got to be in tune before we start, you know, then it becomes ass backwards and you're putting the cart before the horse. Right. I, I love it. I actually talk about relationships in terms of CEO and executive vice president. So I, I like that you do that. Great. Oh, I want to hear more of that um, metaphor. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and before you do that, rewind, I actually want to know how you went from divorce lawyer to owning a sex shop too like that needs now, to be discussed it, wait a minute let's let's not call it a, a sex, sex shop thank you yeah. i love you guys so much this is, i knew this conversation was going to be fun this is awesome yeah you're right you see like that word sex shop just makes me bristle like y'all actually yeah. have windows right. and, it, and yeah. it's not like again because it's it's that sex is part of relationships but it's not the only part, right? You can yeah. go have an orgasm by yourself. Sure. It is not the same as having one with a partner. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not the same as having one with a partner that you love. So I really am. It's mo much more about sort of romance and relationships, even by yourself, right? If you don't love yourself, mm -hmm. you can't love somebody else. Right. So, um, so that's the way I think of, of Darling Way. And I hate to just limit it to sex shop because sex is not... In and of itself, it's not enough to me, mm -hmm. and it it it's the um, it, it's the tool, right? Just a, a wheel on, on a tire, but a wheel without the car doesn't really do very much. It's the whole thing, and that's what I want people yeah. to see, and that's what I want my shop to be, and that makes it more comfortable. Because if you're really not that into sex, uh, orgasm, penetration, and stuff, we'll come in and just find some beautiful lingerie and just feel good and buy yeah. some bubble bath. And whether you're alone or not, right? Um, romance yourself. Yeah, you, you know else. it's an interesting phenomenon in uh, I would say like urban hip hop um, social media. There's basically like this meme or a picture of these sex dolls. Are you familiar with these like super 3D like robotic looking? I know that yeah, robotic Instagram dolls. Instagram yep. model looking. Yes, yeah. I think sex dolls is going to be a whole new. Um, it's going to change the 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 course of sex, love, romance, frankly, legal issues, on and on and on. So, yeah, that's a whole new topic. That's like artificial intelligence, and yeah. we're going to go yeah. this yeah. crazy route. Um, and, and we are, and we're going to go down it. We're going to be there sooner than later, I think. So it's going to be an issue. So but, what, what, um, do you, what do you think about those, um, those big life-like dolls? Uh, so I really, I don't really judge. I, I judge based on can people consent um, you know, children, animals can't consent, so that's just off the table right away. But otherwise, consensual sexual acts between adults, I don't, I don't judge. So I can see a use. There are some people who are just so socially awkward difficulties that robotic sex dolls can actually be a useful tool. I absolutely believe that. There will be some people I can envision if somebody is disabled and they have a partner, well, they could basically have a threesome without a different personality involved. They could have a robot doll mm -hmm. stand in for them and they could orchestrate, they could still be part of it, right? There could be a lot of really healthy and beneficial uses. And then there can also be some really sad ones that are going to allow people to escape the risk of involving their real heart and affections and stuff, mm -hmm. and that's gonna be a sadness. So it, it's the same as alcohol, right? When used in moderation, it, it's a great addition to life, and when abused, it can ruin people's lives. Yeah. So it's gonna be like that, no more, no less. Yeah, and I, I feel like if if someone is threatened, if a woman is threatened, because the ones, you know, if, the ones, they look out real. Like yeah. the ones on Instagram, it's like, what the hell is that? Oh yeah, you and know, they're coming out the with person. male ones too, by the way. Yeah, so like 
if a person like okay yeah. me, let, let's just say my girl was like thinking oh i want to get one of these uh male sex robot dudes or whatever uh-huh. it's like I, I gotta be secure to know that like man this machine can't compete with me come on somebody <laughs> right but isn't that common too for men to feel like about vibrators um i have a lot of either women or men and they'll be like, oh you know she doesn't need a vibrator see nobody needs a yeah. vibrator it's just extra fun it's mm-hmm. like putting whipped cream on ice cream mm-hmm. right it always goes well yeah. um and i tell people if they're if your woman likes your vi- the vibrator better than she likes you, then you're with the wrong woman. Yeah. <laughs> right? Isn't it that clear? If, if Marisol's yeah, yeah. liking a robot doll, then <laughs> go find somebody else because you know, yeah, you're pretty that, awesome. Then. Yeah, so like, what I'm trying to say is like, if a, a woman is threatened by this robot, it's like you have to know that you have more to offer yes. than this robot. little thing. Now, yeah. I will say this though. Once they start getting maybe like a hundred years from now, and they start like making them almost like human-like, and the society starts to be more like cyborg and yep, you know that's probably a hundred years from now. When, no way, it's going to be 50, closer. Maybe twenty-five. So? Oh yeah. To where they start really like the algorithms and start programming them to where, but even then, like the movie Her, there's all these movies. Yeah. There's like right. a bunch of sci-fi type movies and um black mirror on netflix may even have an episode about it um you know it's all like future type of stuff but yeah it's gonna be weird and then we're gonna have different questions the problem is is that one addiction right people can actually get addicted they can get addicted to porn on their computer and it's kind of funny it's not just the visual porn it's that the sight of the computer becomes so um, the pathway between seeing a computer and orgasm becomes so um, like the e- neuro path. yeah the neuro path becomes so developed that the side of a computer can turn people wow. on right so we have uh, we're we can learn behaviors like, like and someone, that's going like to be someone, a little bit scary so someone walks in the room it's like hey man uh, can you put away all your uh, computers because uh, I don't want to <laughs> right I don't want to be distracted <laughs> I don't want to be uh, you know mm-hmm. pitching Turned a tent off, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's funny. Damn, is that an iMac? Yeah. Years and years ago, I forgot when, maybe the 60s, 20s, I don't know, forever ago, they showed men pictures of naked women next to boots. And they did it repeatedly. And at some point, they took the naked woman out of the picture. And these are straight guys. And just the sight of boots turned the guys on, right? It just doesn't take for each of us it takes a different amount of time but there is some period of time so that would be the concern is that if you have a sex robot just like if you have a vibrator or a certain way of masturbating change it up because developing that same that same path over and over again exactly would be a bad thing so people have to shift it up and frankly that's true and even with a partner if you're always doing missionary that's why then it kind of stops it's like whatever we yeah yeah we're just doing that over and over again develop some new pathways yeah that's my thought but can i can i go back for a second and steer i'm sorry i wanted to address uh, marisol's question about how i became went from a divorce lawyer to doing this yeah no that's okay there's so much to talk about with you all it's awesome but um i i'm a divorce lawyer who didn't like to fight i loved though seeing behind closed doors i loved hearing about the relationships and people really would talk to me a lot about what happened and because i cared and because if i could do anything i'd always tell them go to counseling right it's cheaper than getting divorced and you can always get divorced tomorrow there's just no hurry to do this mm-hmm. so make sure you're covering all the bases yeah. so um i didn't like that i didn't like fighting over it and finally i just quit because i was dreaming about i represented a lot of kids going through different cases and stuff because I've always been family oriented 
um, I was dreaming about my kid clients. And I have five kids of my own. I wasn't dreaming about them. I was dreaming about my kid clients. I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I don't have those boundaries. I care too much. So I, I quit that. But then when I got divorced, I, after a 22-year marriage, I was 44 years old. I felt so ugly. I, was, I felt so unattractive. I didn't have pretty underwear. I had no idea how I was going to date again. It was, I was distraught. Um, and I wanted to go find a place that didn't exist. So sure. I created Darling White because really wow. that's the place I wanted to go in and ask questions like, what do you wear? And yeah. what about lube, right? I was 44 years old. I didn't know anything about lube. I didn't know how to have sexy fun. I'd had boring married sex for 22 years. And I love sex, but there was no place to go to make you feel happy about it and to feel like it was okay to laugh and go, what is this? Okay, well, if I get this vibrator, what do I do with it when I get home, you know? And, And so that stuff, without conversation, we just don't know it. And I really think that it takes a village to raise a child, to raise a business, and it takes a village to help people stay loving well. Yeah. So that's how I went into the shop. Are, are you awesome. are you familiar with um, like how America compares to other countries in terms of like divorce rates and stuff like that? No, that's a really good question, um, and I I actually I, don't know it. I don't know either. But if, if I had to like guess, uh, am, did I maybe hear it somewhere that maybe I, I the U.S. is higher? Was actually we heard, and it was that the U.S. has it higher because we so quickly are quick to just be like. Okay, this is Dispose, working. Disposable. Peace out. Yeah. Know, we, First marriage. Is, one, yeah. yeah, we do. We joke about this. This is my, you know, my next ex-wife or yeah. something silly. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I don't really like that. I, I'm a hopeless romantic. Yeah. I know it's so silly. Um, and I've had my heart broken so many times, but I still believe that we, that we can have happy ever after together somehow. But it takes work and it takes effort. But it's the most worthwhile well, thing like anything, we can do. You know, uh, relationships take work, just like having a business takes work, and you know, so anything worth having. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. right, and stuff. And people say, oh, well, once you're married, you shouldn't have to work to have sex. And I think, no. but when you're dating, think about how much work goes into dating, yeah. right? Women will shave our legs, we do our hair, we get our nails done, we think about what we're wearing, we do all this stuff. Because it's date night and stuff, and we know. So mm-hmm. why should that change just because we're married? Like, yeah. You know, and um, I just think refocusing that and and never forgetting that is pretty huge. For so sure, yeah. I don't know. Do you get a lot of young people that go to your store? I, do, I get people of all ages, which I just love. So I've had virgins, and I've talked to them about how to actually make losing their virginity something meaningful and worth remembering instead of, kind of throwing it away like most of us mm-hmm. did, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we just, oh, whatever, we check that box off. That's so silly. I mm-hmm. tell them, you should really, let's set the stage and let's have a grand opening for this that you're proud of afterwards. Yeah. And it's awesome. And then I've got young people who are dating. I've got people in their early 30s um, with kids. I've had a 40-year-old virgin. I sold vibrators to 80-something-year-olds um, oh, and stuff. Cool. It's Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. I've had women that my parents or my dad's still friends with that were good friends with my mom while she was alive that have known me since I was 10 years old um, and they've come into the shop and I've talked to them about stuff that you know these are nice old Jewish women yeah. and they've never talked about this stuff and it just makes me grin like a kid and yeah. people laugh like they leave saying oh my god I feel like a teenager yeah. again and like that song like a virgin yeah, right? yeah. you <laughs> could be like a virgin you could do something you've never done before yeah. how awesome is that to have that with someone that you've been with for 30 years or something so so you mentioned your Jewish background um w- would you say like 
some cultural uptightness happens in the in the Jewish community because I know like with Latinos, I don't know if it's just like not everybody's Catholic that's like Mexican or whatever, but there is a little bit of that taboo or uh, like oh no we don't that's not a dinner table type of combo or I, I don't know if it came from like religion but it, let's kind of discuss that a little. Yeah, the culture. So yeah, I'd love to hear from y'all's perspective because I'll tell you you know in Jewish um, there's this terrible joke. Um, and I'll say it just because it is me. And I said, how do you stop a Jewish woman from having sex? You marry her, right? That's just so sad. And yeah, and, and people will say that about whatever other ethnicity they are and, and stuff. But, um, but there is this sort of, I don't know why the, the Jewish culture is, it's about food and education and family um, and guilt. Maybe Jews and Catholics, I think we have that in common. Guilt is a, is a big thing and stuff. But um, I don't know why there's not much talk about sex, but there isn't usually. And, um, and there's not this feeling, oh, when you get married, you should be having great, sexy fun. I never heard that in anything growing up. My parents threw three books at me and said, here's your sex education, and that's it. And I think that's why I talk so much is because... That was, they never talked to me. In fact, my mother didn't understand why I lost my virginity in high school. Like, that's not fun. Why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> right? And stuff. I, I actually grew up in a super religious household. So for us, it was, that's why I said it was very mm. conservative in my house. And so when it came to sex ed and I brought the permission slip home and my parents were like, yeah, we're not explaining that. So go ahead and go to this class. Well, they talked about how men woke up with an erection in the morning, right? Wow. Because they need to pee. And so it was that back in the, I don't know that they show that still to this day, but they did when I was going to elementary school. I don't remember learning that at all in yeah, sex ed, so that's good. Yeah, so it was a video. And so then I, we were all giggling and it was funny. Well, obviously, I didn't know who to ask. I wasn't going to ask a boy. Right. So who was the next person to ask? My dad. So one day he's taking me to school. This is your uh, Pentecostal. My Pentecostal co-pastor. Okay. I am totally impressed that you even thought and that you did this. I, so I adore you. I didn't know who else to ask, you know. So he was. I said. So I said, Dad. Um, in school, they said that boys wake up with an erection. So I, I explained the whole is thing. Is that true? Is that true? He just turns around and he looks at me. I don't think he had an answer for me, and he just said, "Is that what they said at school?" I said, "Yes." He goes, well, then that's what, then whatever school said is right. And so basically he, he didn't, basically he, said yes. yes, but oh he didn't know gosh. how to give me the answer. And he was so embarrassed. And I, right. I, I told him the story because it, it, it and, and it's like that in my house. Same thing with like, when I got my period, my mom was like, this is, and I, she gets so mad when I tell this story, but. She said, are you sure you didn't poop on in, uh, in your panties? I was like, what? Oh. I think I know the difference between poop and blood. Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? Who wow. doesn't know that? But that's how conservative it was at home right. to where she didn't want to deal with it. So she had my dad's sister help me out because it wow. was like, that's too much. And so right. I think it's so like, it's so sheltered in, in the... Right. I don't, I'm not saying it's everybody in the Hispanic community, but I think it's not talked about. Well, well his, <clears throat> when you say Hispanic or Latino, that includes like South America and the Caribbean and Central America. And I, I feel like there's obviously huge differences. If you're from like Cuba, yeah. like all my Cuban friends, like I don't know, like Caribbean folk, they're very open about that. Yeah. It's almost like the Brazilians. Yeah, it's like borderline perverted, only from like our yeah. Mexican, you know, right. from Mexico type of point of view. 
Um, but even comparing like America to other places, like when we visited Europe, it just felt like everybody was way more relaxed about everything, Even like yeah. wine. The and little girls go to go to the beach with no top on; it's just underwear. It's you would European. never seen. You would never see that here. Right, but that's so they've desexualized going topless on the beach mm-hmm. to excuse because that the little girls on the beach that's not a sexy kind mm-hmm. of thing, and so they've they've changed that. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, there's so many differences, and I think that what we miss is that then we grow up putting, uh, trying to piecemeal together our education. And so when a lot of people are learning about sex from porn, and learning about sex from porn is like learning how to drive from the Fast and Furious, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it just makes zero sense. So that's kind of foolish. We grow up with um, real shame about masturbation. And um, right, I think in so many well-meaning and well-intentioned parents are still sort of shaming their kids when they catch them masturbating, in part because they're so flustered, the parents don't really know what to do, they're uncomfortable, but it's because other parents aren't talking about it. Other parents are talking about, oh, what baby food do you use and da-da-da and stuff. Yeah. They're not saying, oh, what do you do when you catch your kid you know, with, with their penis in their hand? And what do you do when you catch a girl humping her little, you know, her pillow or something mm-hmm. in public and in, in front of the TV or whatnot? But we need to have these discussions because the way that we start with kids carries through our whole lives. And so even, um, oh, you're saying the difference between blood and poop? Mm-hmm. Well, I had a, a guy on my radio show whose first marriage was basically destroyed, their sex life, because one of the first the first few months they had sex, they were 19, 20, the woman, um, quote, peed during sex. And 30 years later, I said to the guy, I said, so did you ever look back and think maybe that's what was squirting? He had never thought of it because women don't usually pee during sex, but women squirt during sex, and that's a whole different thing. Now everybody's trying to learn to squirt. (laughs) She didn't know. I've talked to psychologists even recently, and they're in their 40s and 50s, and they're telling me about how when they masturbate, they pee. And I look again, and I'm like, haven't you heard of squirting? Well, yes, I've heard of squirt, but that's not it. That's not what I'm doing. I was like, of course. Of course that's what you're doing. She's like, well, there's so much. I said, yeah, some women have a lot. But we don't know. And again, because we... Yes, ma'am, you... I squirted. Yeah, you squirted, and it's okay. So, so like celebrate that. You should be very that. proud of yourself. That you, you That's know. right. I was like, nowadays, people are taking courses and learning, and everybody wants to do it and stuff. But again, these are conversations where if we don't talk about it, we don't know, and we don't know what we don't know. This so. is definitely something I want for our child is uh, I don't want secrets, and I don't want I, – I think whenever you're not open, it's more likely that the child will want to go try it right. without telling you – and I'm not saying uh, if it's Those a girl or a boy. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying. I'm Party saying, at my house. Yeah, I'm not going to say, here's cool a, right. you no. know, all these birth, you know, I'm not going to say, here's condoms, here's this. I'm just saying, I, if you have a question, please ask me. Like, don't, um, I just don't want them to have, because everything I had to figure out on my own, because it was so strict in my household, I don't want that for my child. I want them to right. know. Well, I can go ask my mom, and it's not going to be awkward, and, you know, it's going to be okay if I ask her, you know. It's like if – I think you have to know when you're ready to lose your virginity. If this is the right person for you, there's no control in, like, saying, no, don't have sex. It's what your heart felt at the time. It's the person you felt like was right for you. So it's like how do you tell a child? Or it was a dare. 
(laughs) (laughs) Or she wanted to steal your virginity from you. Well, and that's the thing. Or you were about to graduate. Right, deadlines. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Deadlines. Insecurity. I know for me, because my family was not physically affectionate, that I thought that to get affection, I needed to have sex. So I confused Mm. sex and affection all the time. Even now as an adult, if I want some affection, I have to sort out. I have to make sure. Do I, you know, am I really, do I really want sex now or do I just want like, some affection? You, you pull out pen and paper and make a list. <laughs> exactly, right? If, it, it's, yes. if just bored, then. Yes. <laughs> then this. But that can help, right? Because as kids, we get those needs all jumbled up. We mm-hmm. want acceptance. We want love. Um, and, and so if you can give your kid that confidence mm-hmm. and that comfort that they can ask questions and that they can sort it out, you may not stop them from, from having sex, exactly. but at least maybe if it's the wrong thing, that they'll be like, oh no, I really just need to feel loved. I need yeah. to know I can have more friends or things are gonna be okay. I'm not gonna be unloved for the rest of my sure. life, whatever it is. I'm pretty, I'm beautiful, I'm handsome, I'm, et cetera. And um, so to me, that's part of it is that a lot of people, even if they've taught their kids about sex, they've forgotten to teach them about the meaning and the role of sexual intimacy within a relationship. And that's the piece that makes all the difference, that gives it the perspective. Yeah. For couples that are listening right now, um, let's just say whether they've been together for a long time or a short amount of time, but the, what is the word I'm looking for? The fire, the flame, it's not, it's like not, it's dwindling. Yeah. What is like, so I know every, it's probably case by case, but what is like some general advice you could be like, well, maybe this is what. Um, I think that you have to take a little bit of a risk. And so I tell people that I want them to play at the at their edge, all right? Your edge is not the same as my edge, is not the same as anybody else's edge. So it's not that I'm trying to get everybody on a certain path. But I think of it like, if you go to an amusement park, you could ride the kiddie rides and you'd be kind of bored. Mm-hmm. But you could ride them and they're safe, right? That's kind of, so whatever kind of sex you've been having, that's probably, it's like riding the kiddie rides. You know how to do it. You know what to expect. It's good. Well, I want you to step up. But I don't want you necessarily to go on the roller coaster that's going to make you puke at the end. Mm-hmm. That's not it. Yeah. I want you to go maybe where there's a loop or two loop where you're going, oh my God, right? Your, your, your hands are up in the oh air God, a little bit. I'm peeing. Yes, yes, your <laughs> blood pressure's going, your heart's racing a little bit more, you know. That level, right? That's the sexy part. That's what probably got you together. Those are the feelings you probably felt when you were dating that person and it was all new and you're like, oh my God, I think I'm going to get some tonight. Or, oh my God, they kiss me and I just melt all the way through, right? I want you to find those things. And so I tell people, I don't care if it just means if kissing in public makes you have that, oh my God, that excitement. They're looking at us and we're kissing. Go kiss in public, right? If having music on does it, that's great. If it's something like, okay, try and spank me. Okay, if it's wearing something sheer, if it's having sex with the lights on, right? There's all different versions. I don't care where you are along the lines. I'm not trying to get you from zero to, you know, throwing up on the ride, but just a little bit further where you're like, oh my God, this, and your voice goes up like Vine does and stuff. And so that's one of the first things. So you have to be willing to open up and say, okay, I'm going to be nervous about this, but we're going to do it anyway. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to pretend you're not nervous. I want you to really feel it and admit it and share that together. And then basically get freaky. Well, get your version of freaky. That's exactly right. <laughs> and laugh about that together. Go, my God, we're so crazy. Mm-hmm. There was um, a story about a, an older guy in his 60s. Like, he was sure he wanted a divorce because what he wanted, he had a new convertible car. And he wanted his wife, or he wanted a woman to ride topless in the topless car to Galveston. 
And one of his friends finally was like, hey, dude, smack them. You know, ask your wife first. If you're about to get divorced over this, you might as well at least ask her and tell her how important this is to her, to you. And he asked. And lo and behold, she did it, right? Oh, and I wow. just, I still, yeah. it makes me so happy to think of them. And then I'm hoping that she had something else she wanted him to do yeah. and that he stepped up, right? Yeah. And that can happen if we take a chance and we're willing to hear what the other person wants. And if you're not sure, which is hard, right? Because again, I didn't have great ideas for how to shake up my marriage and stuff, but that's where like I can help or listening to this podcast can help or taking a head to toe inventory. Like once a year, you should lay your partner down head to toe and just kiss and touch and tease all the way from their head to their toes and see what new places you learn that kind of makes them you know, jingle or move a little or twitch and, and whatever and where you want to go and try your tongue here and your finger there and everything. And things just basic things like that will start like, giving whoa, you some ideas. Not in my ear. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, exactly. That's my spot. Yeah, like, oh. Um, yeah, because as we change, different things feel differently and stuff. So it can be just that, starting there. It can be reading new books. It can be watching some porn if you want, reading an erotic story. Um, texting your lover during the day going, you are not going to believe what kind of romantic show I'm going to give you tonight. Mm -hmm. You know, guys, start doing little striptease. Make it silly and doofy and shake your butt around and, you know, get down to a song. (laughs) Do some sexting, right? There's so many different ways and um, different romantic props. So you have a different prop in the, you know, in the props closet and pull something out. Put a wig on. Put a different outfit on. For women, a lot of it is how we feel. So putting on a beautiful bra and some underwear makes us can make us feel so good all day long that we can't wait to take it off and be that sexy person we felt all day um and so you can spend a lot of money or you can spend a little bit of money but there's just yeah i never run out of ideas so this is the thing picnics watch the moonlight right have a picnic in the dark at the park take some massage oils do a candle in the bathroom take a bath together a lot of couples forget to do that after a while or a shower together Mm -hmm. um shave your partner's legs I know that's weird but that's like that's such an intimate thing for a guy to shave a woman's legs and I just asked him that the other day I said oh yeah this belly's getting pretty big uh I'm missing some spots yeah I'm missing some spots I'm like you might have to start helping me out here I I put on my uh, landscaper outfit (laughs) oh that would be pretty hot then exactly right all sorts of fantasies there we have yeah lawn boys are very popular fantasy (laughs) Well, I am Mexican, so uh, (laughs) I'm sure I can play the part pretty well. So this is the Valentine's edition, and, you know, this is very informative. You know, it's educational, and we have to take it there because some people may not be comfortable with some of this stuff. For example, we sent Joseph and Adrian down to your store (laughs) to do some research because we learned that prostate cancer Mm – you know, is on a rise. A lot of a lot of dudes aren't getting you know the prostate checked or 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 worked on. Uh, or played so, with. <laughs> thank you, Marisol. And, and we're taking it there, right here on the what did he said? What Ooh. did Chingo said just now? Uh, you like how I put Joseph? At, 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 I threw him in the. I like walked into a gunfire behind him. Cool. So they but, came but back. But what? But what? Yeah. But wait, there's more. Um, don't put that in my ear. So they Is this came, the end of it? Yeah. <laughs> to be continued. So they, they came back with some massagers, toys, some type of little thing that, that they were given by the company. You, a prostate massager. A prostate yes. Massager, yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. That's from Aneros. Aneros prostate massagers. Yeah. 
Yeah. You want me to tell you all about it? Please do. Oh, I'm jumping at the bit. I love to talk about this. But I have to tell, before you start your story, I have to tell you what Adrian did with his gift. Oh, yes. Tell me. (laughs) So we do a white elephant at our, Adrian is my cousin and he's the guy that works for us. Oh, I didn't know that. Delaney's boyfriend. So, um... He took the gift for White Elephant, and we played that to the right, two times to the left. Christmas, and who, with all like, the family. With all the family. <gasps> That's awesome. So he's like, I'm taking it. He goes, what do you think? You think, you know, because again, you know. You, it's like, you were like, as long as it's unused, yeah. I mean, you could re-gift it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, do you think they're going to get pissed off? I'm like, who cares? It's going to be hilarious. Yes. Because it's going to make all the men so uncomfortable. I said, that's what's going to be great about it, you know? Right. Isn't it amazing that a thing like a tushy that everybody has, right? That that makes people so uncomfortable. So it was hilarious because my uncle who is but, what, six, seven? Uncle Marvin. Uncle Marvin is about six, seven. Huge guy. Uh Uh-huh. He's the one that ended up with the uh, massager. And he was so embarrassed. But... (laughs) He was so embarrassed. He's but black was, and he turned red. Yes, he's That's black awesome. and he turned And he was so embarrassed and we were laughing. And Adrian's face, he didn't want he didn't want people to know he was the one that gave it. And he like looked down and I'm looking at Adrian and it was so funny because it was like, who brought this? And Adrian wouldn't raise his hand. And I'm like, Adrian, just tell him it was you. But then everybody was like secretly grabbing the box and was like, oh, so what does it do? And yes. then, like, no one wanted to admit they, like, seriously wanted to know of what course. this whole massage yeah. was for. You know, what it what it does. I say talking about sex is like karaoke. Nobody wants to start, but once you do, everybody wants to join in. Yeah. They want to. Yeah. It, so, um, yeah, next time I'll come to one of your family dinners, and I'll just tell <laughs> yeah. everybody. It would be so yeah. awesome. It could be a great comedy yeah. segment, I'm sure. It's hilarious. So, um, but... So a prostate massager, Aneros um, actually started in Houston like 20-something years ago, and they started because the medical doctors were sending their clients with, pro- there's prostatitis, so there's um, inflamed prostate. Um, the prostate is a walnut-sized gland in a man's body. We don't have one, sadly, but um, in a man's body that over the age of 40, it naturally just sort of enlarges. The problem is, is when it enlarges, it gets in the way of things. It can affect the way, like men peeing, it can make it painful to pee, it can just sort of shift everything around. It can get infected because it's kind of large and and things are sitting there. What it's supposed to do is to have the fluid that is then ejaculated out during a man's orgasm, okay? So within the prostate, I say think of it like a little walnut, like a holding tank. Mm -hmm. And so all of your, I use the very scientific term spooge, mm-hmm. right, is, mm-hmm. is there. So the spooge is there. And in a normal ejaculation, you might lose about half of the spooge. And then some stuff just sits in there. Mm. And the theory, one theory is now that maybe prostate cancer is that there are some malignant cells that are just kind of sitting in your prostate. And over time, if it's not recirculating enough, there's just getting more and more. And so at a certain time, there's enough volume of malignant cells that they say, okay, this is real prostate cancer and we need to do something about it. But up until then, that's why they keep checking PSAs. They're used to a little bit of that in pretty much every man over 40. But a prostate massager um, actually goes in through the tushy which is a nice Jewish term for butt or ass or whatever you want to call it and stuff. But I like tushy because it's very endearing, and I figure we need to laugh about this because it's it's just so silly. Um, And the prostate inside, the only exterior access to it is from the area, do you know where the taint 
is where it taint, taint the balls and it taint the yeah, cock. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's the area between, you told me I could be uncensored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I, was, I, I, I was thinking of the phrase, like it, it taint the nuts, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taint, taint the ass, taint the balls. And so it's the area between. It, it, it taint that either. <laughs> but if you feel there, a lot of men have had, if you've had a woman or anybody, your partner or yourself, kind of rub that area, it's also the perineum, right? Um, but if you rub, there's a little bit of a little nodule there. And if you push really hard on it for guys, that's the prostate. And it can feel really good. Women, if you do this during while you're giving somebody oral sex, a guy oral sex, it can really make um, can make things uh, more dynamic, if mm -hmm. you will. So that's the only exterior access to the prostate. So in the narrows, prostate um, massager has an extension, right? A, a little um, uh, I forget what uh, I don't know, like a little arm part that sticks out, and then it's got a curvy part because your butt is a vacuum. Oh, we should talk about all the sex bloopers. Most of them involve the butt because people think stick stuff up the butt that doesn't have a flared base and it gets sucked in and the butt is a vacuum. So there's 20 feet of colon. It gets, yeah, all sorts of, Ooh. yes, right. It makes you squirm. So don't stick anything up your butt that doesn't have a big flared wide We're learning outside. today that your booty is a vacuum. <laughs> booty is a vacuum, and, and yes. And men have a holding tank. Yes, called the prostate. Right next to the vacuum. Okay, yes. go on. Okay, I, thank you. And so when you put this massager in, it's basically like plug and play. You put it in the in in the bum, and you must lu use lube because your butt doesn't lubricate. You know, a woman's um, can I say pussy? Mm -hmm. Sure. Okay. I use I use these words because I say one guy told me he talks to his doctor about penis, but his cock is what he fucks with, and yeah. I just think right we need affection and warmth. You just gave us the idea for what intro music we're gonna use. Uh, we're gonna do PWA by a group <laughs> yeah, called yeah, the yeah. Fifth Ward Boys. <laughs> so <clears throat> that's the song we're gonna use for the intro because you just said pussy, the P word. Uh, so we're going to throw that in there as the intro music. Joseph, make a note. Uh, and this is the part where the hip-hop hip -hop community that's tuning in is like, oh, no, let me find out Marisol is playing with Chingo's booty. <laughs> I know what everybody is like, Chingo, what are you doing? But, hey, we're learning. We, you know, we're, whatever y'all do in y'all's bedroom, that's y'all's business. I don't know. We're here talking to Beth. All right? Everybody <laughs> just sit back, be secure. We're having a conversation as grown folks. Yeah. Right. And here's the thing. So... When not only I'm gonna I'm talking about the health issue, but if I even back up for a second, well, so here if we put the prostate massager in, basically it just moves from the guy's pelvic muscles down there when you clench or you move, and it shifts the little head that's inside just a little bit, so it basically just massages. It bangs against your prostate a little bit, and what happens is that from that when you orgasm, you will have more spooge than you will believe because it ejaculates more. Fully. That so you, you recycle. Then you would believe? Yeah, you oh. get extra. I thought you said right. bleed. No, 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 Whoa. believe. No, like a lot. So whatever, I don't, you know, some guys have a lot to start with. They'll have even more. Some guys only have a little bit. You will have a lot. You'll be like, wow, where'd that come from? Um, but it also can feel like an orgasm that my clients have told me they've used the words mind-blowing. They've used the word like whole body orgasm instead of just a cock-centric orgasm because it's inside. So the prostate is actually referred to as the as the male G-spot. It's that sort of just intense, different um, orgasm. And then, so here's the thing. So you can say all these people, are, oh my God, I can't believe men would talk about playing with their butt. Mm -hmm. But the, the thought is, oh, if you play with your butt, you must be gay. I say that's as silly as saying if you like to kiss, you must be gay, mm -hmm. right? If you're a boy and you like to kiss a boy, you're probably gay. If you're a boy and you like to kiss girls, you probably aren't gay. Mm -hmm. Well, your butt has... 4,000 nerve endings in it. You know how many you have in your cock? 
$4,000 earnings. You have as many opportunities for pleasure in your butt as you do in your cock. Why Just, waste them? It sounds like she's trying to do a sales pitch to Joseph <laughs> with the math. He, Joseph's like, I'm a numbers guy. And, well, and until he heard the 4000 equals four, he's like, wait a minute. Well, and right. But, but a woman, Marisol, we start out. We've got the advantage because you know how many are in a clip? A million. 8,000. No, that would be good. But it can feel like a million. We have twice as many as a guy does in this cock. And a man who's circumcised loses some nerve endings when you get circumcised. Well, that's why the Mexican community... Does not. Uh, See, that's good, actually. No, it's not even the reason. There's it's just not, old but school. It, but it's a bonus and stuff. So, But that's the thing. So the fact it's is... It's the bonus skin. Yeah. I actually had somebody come into the shop whose doctor sent them in and told them, look, if you don't want to be on medication for your prostate, you need to get one of these massagers. So when I tell you that they hold patents as medical devices, and I'm telling you that they started... Um, 20-something years ago, they didn't even know that the orgasms were better. They just knew it helped. Their lead oh, designer wow. went to them. He found them like 15 years ago. He was in his 30s and had been on medication for already like almost 10 years. And after his doctor recommended them, he tried. He was off all of his medication in three months. And he called the company and said, I don't understand. Am I the only one having these orgasms? This is crazy. I mean, it's awesome, but it's crazy. And they're like, well, you know, we've heard this, but we... We weren't thinking about that. We just knew it was good for your health. And so now I tell people, if you can be healthy and happy and no side effects, no drugs, no counterindications, I don't understand, except for being foolish up here, yeah. there's no reason not to do it's it. It's like the uh, the medical mm. community and what you the feedback you're able to see firsthand from your customers. It's like there's almost, there was that disconnect, right? Because yes. They, they didn't have all the research or whatever. Right, it, because it's not big dollars. It's not big pharmaceuticals. These things go, they sell for 50 to $75. And so, um, but medication goes for what, $100 every single month for a lifetime and stuff. So it's not, there's not billions and billions of dollars at this, but it's so, it's just so safe. So anybody, I say, Blue more Cross, Blue Shield. More numbers, Joseph yeah. is sold. He's completely well, sold now. I really have wait, one already. Yeah. I really, oh yeah, they did give y'all too. Yeah. Uh, Adrian gave his away. Everybody we're not, over, we're not every, saying it. every man over 40 should have a prostate massager and every woman over 40 should have Kegel balls because they really are. They're healthy and they can be sexy fun. So, and if you can get that much more pleasure, oh, and you can use it while you're penetrating. You can have sex with it in. You can have your girlfriend be giving you a hand job. You can have an oral, um, get a blow job while using it but I promise you the orgasms are amazing at if by any chance they're just ordinary at least it's still gonna be healthy and you're gonna clear out more spooch and recycle and mm -hmm. men need three orgasms a week for best health by the you, way you hear that it's a health issue so if your girl ain't giving you no booty say hey you got to save my life woman this is life or death <laughs> there's some spooge in there that might be bad spooge and we got to get all that bad spooge up out of there so <laughs> So Kegel balls, do you carry those at the uh, Darwin? Yeah, yeah, of course I carry those. And those are um, basically weights that women put inside them like, um, like you would a tampon. But they help our pelvic floor muscles, which are the ones responsible for holding in all of our internal organs, as well as the ones that tighten during orgasm and give us so much pleasure. So, And they're the reasons when they get looser as we get older that like I've had five kids so they've stretched and I don't use my Kegel balls as often as I should. So I have to cross my legs when I cough or sneeze, right? To mm -hmm. hold it in. But if you use Kegel balls, it'll keep you firmer and everything. 
So um, it's huge. And then they can be sexy <clears throat> fun too. You remember I told you that um, I had seen that in the Housewives of um, Atlanta. And then I went to the store to look for some, but it had just been right when Fifty Shades of Grey, the second portion had come out. And she said, are you in here too? Because of this 50, I was like, no, actually I watched the Housewives of Atlanta. And that's where I had seen it. But oh. I hadn't seen the Fifty so Shades of Grey. They but anyway, they were so completely out because of that movie. Did that happen? Yeah, well, to we've you gone through. Of that? Yeah, but I would say in Fifty Shades, I'm not sure that they're connected. And I strongly suggest that women use ones that are connected by a string that has that hangs out so you can get them out easier. Oh, okay. If they're just loose in there, vacuum. it can be really well, no, the pussy doesn't have a vacuum and it's a defined pussy, area. It's the it, right. Do not put them up a butt. Do yeah. not put them up a butt. Pussy vacuum. Yeah. Hashtag. You know, you, by the way, do you know that with, with your kids that you actually have to teach kids not to put things up their butt or even boys not to put things up their penis? What? I know. Oh. I didn't know this. Wow. My kids were all grown. Um, but I have heard so many stories of boys who are inserting things up themselves which is very dangerous, and I didn't know this. So public service announcement. Wow, um, I wonder what that's wow. about. Pleasure. That curiosity. Yes, huh. the same reason they stick things up their nose, and we tell them not to put it in their ears, yeah, but down it. there it can feel really good, so we really have to actually be aware of that. Oh, wow. I didn't know that, right? Huh. I know, the things you learn. Wow. So Valentine's is coming up. You want to let everyone know your uh, social media, website, address? Oh, thank you. Uh, darlingway.com, and it's W-A-Y.com, darlingway.com. And on Facebook, we're Darling Way Boutique. And um, Instagram, Darling Way Boutique. I think, uh, Dar oh, Twitter. Goodness, I should they have all this down. No, they, they can they Google. They can Google, yeah. right. But, we're but, in the Heights and stuff. But Valentine's Day, don't waste it. You want to score big. And so I say, don't just get a gift. Think of making this a love fest, OK? It's only a Hallmark a holiday if you make it into a Hallmark holiday. So don't do that. Make it personal. Make, put some effort into it. Make it thoughtful. Make it appropriate. I say don't you know don't buy your girlfriend or husband or wife a, a Porsche if you're going to put your family into debt. Right? Appropriate matters, and um, and make it sincere. Give a gift because you want to be giving a gift. Don't give a gift just because you're going to say oh it's Valentine's Day I had to do something because that just shows and that's silly. So it, do it, those five things, and I swear you'll have a good Valentine's. So Valentine's is an opportunity to reassess your, your uh, using the uh, amusement park metaphor, your risk level. Are you on the kiddie rides? Are you going to have, you know, it's an opportunity to, like, wow your mate and rekindle it in case it's, it's gotten a little dull. Yes, exactly, exactly. And a chance to really show them how much you love them. And I know you can, 365 days a year, you can do that. But I think February, why not just say, hey, we're going to do extra love this month. We're both going to make an effort. Extra love. We're going to be dehydrated. Yes. We're going to learn about these vacuums. <laughs> right, you we're going to check out. We're going to love the prostate, I say, you know. Give the prostate you love a, an anaerobic prostate massager. We're going to reassess our risk line mm -hmm. as to how comfortable, how how far we're able to take things. Right. Well, be, and so many men want women to indulge in anal sex, and I'm I'm completely on that too, right? Because women have four thousand nerve endings there too, and it should never hurt. I love. We'll do classes at the at the shop about anal sex and and um, G spot and squirting and stuff like that. So. Men, if you're wanting your woman to go on the next upride, 
maybe you should be willing to do that too, right? That's the yeah, thing. We need to do it as together. Willing as they want, they want the female to do everything, but they're not as willing to try right things, you know. And it's double just standard. Kind of, it's, yeah, it's a double standard type thing. Right. I, I'm. I'm. I don't. That the whole booty. Oh no, then we should talk because see, I wouldn't let you off the hook either. I will tell you because there is a lot of pleasure. Do you know women can have orgasms from anal sex? I used really to have a girlfriend amazing. Who, who swore by it, but yeah. I just feel that's my exit to the restroom only and four thousand nerve endings. Right? We don't. If you believe in divine, you know, creation and stuff, you don't put four thousand nerve endings for something that's just going out and done. Four thousand nerve endings means there's something there that's meant to have a little bit of fun with. And so um, for men, clearly, I believe it's because they're supposed to have their prostate stimulated and milked and everything because that's healthy. Um, but for women, I think it's another way that we can do it. Sometimes if we've had issues, uh, if somebody's had a hysterectomy or has any sort of scarring or tissue or anything mm -hmm. in, in their pussy, then use, use the back door and mm -hmm. enjoy it. But it really can't. It should never, ever hurt. And most people don't know how to have good anal sex. So that's my, I'm happy to talk to them about it. If it hurts, stop. You have to use good lube. All lubes are not created equal. That is something people don't know. The stuff at the grocery store is not that good. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. Come in, I'll explain to you why they're all different kinds and when to use different ones. Um, and go slowly. But but it's that, again, you don't have to go from nothing to having full-on, huge, sure. hard, penetrative mm -hmm. anal sex. But do that next little ride. Like, think of it, this is the next ride up. Um, let him use his finger on you. Um, use a little butt plug. But um, from anal sex for a woman, it can help stimulate the fullness inside there, can help actually bring the nerve endings in the vagina sort of more to the surface and allow more pleasure. And um, so we're used to thinking about, we think of the clitoris. Well, now the theory is, right, that the G-spot is, is still part of that integral um, uh, nerve patterns and stuff. And so all throughout the vagina, we've got all these nerve endings, and including there's some erectile tissue that's between the anus and the vagina, right? Mm. Between the ass and the pussy. So when you fill up the ass, that erectile tissue between the two is getting stimulated. And so it can really, it can give new sensations and new pleasure. And it can make guys feel like they're king of the mountain, right? There's just something, and it's, you can use the word taboo, but I like the word naughty, right? Butt sex yeah. is so naughty. <laughs> it's just, it's so much fun. You just feel so naughty and decadent. And you feel, like I said, that teenager, you're laughing and giggling. And so take it very slow. Like I say, do different steps. I have little training kits, use fingers, but play with it and learn how to have your pleasure with it. Don't mm. ever have anal sex just because somebody else wants it, Sure. but make it part of the stimulation. And again, it would be like saying, oh, don't play with my boobs because I can have an orgasm just from my clit. So mm -hmm. I'm like, no, right? More whipped cream. Let's do whipped cream, a cherry, nuts, sprinkles. I don't care what you put on. I want everything on your ice cream sundae. Um, how often do you do events? At your store, at the shop, um, we do all sort. We do bachelorette parties. We do. We've had the Heights Chamber of Commerce there twice. Can you believe that? Oh, wow. Like, I love that. We got um, to see the what was it? Bondage. The Shibari. We did the Shibari rope demonstration there, right? And it's yes. You know what I left so. with that day um, afterwards? It's obviously there's something for everyone. You right. know. When I saw like her veins popping out of her neck and uh -huh. like her. She was hanging upside. Down. She was hanging up upside down. I'm sorry. Uh huh. I was like. All I could think about was like, 
I don't know that I could. You, you panic? Yeah, like almost. Yeah, it was almost like a little bit of a panic. Yeah. You know, it was like. Well, obviously, there's a lot of trust between <gasps> them two. Oh, it has and to skill. be. And skill, of yeah. course, right? The intimacy, the, yeah. the trust, the connection, it's just incredible. Um, and that it's so much, it's pleasurable, but it is a feat, a bodily feat to be able to manipulate your body like yeah. that. And for him to know that and know that at any second, her life is literally in his hand exactly. through that rope. Yeah. And I'll, I, we were watching the, the show, so it was a gentleman who was obviously like an expert. Yeah. And, and he had, I guess, um, a participant, a, yeah. a lady he was like tying was up. Was that his wife? No. No? It's no. just his He's partner. polyamorous. He's got lots of different partners, and that was one of his oh, okay. romantic well, partners. For a second, I thought he was more into the knots than the girl, only because he was like really into the knots. Like yes. this Boy Scout, like all about the knots. Oh, yeah. And her, <laughs> like, because her very life is hanging on each particular knot and whether that stays and whether it's in a position or not that's going to allow her nerves and um, and all the blood to flow and stuff like that. So, yeah, he's a serious, right? Geeky was, out. And, yeah, he was serious about his... But it's passion. I, so I love passion, right, passion, whether you're passionate about... I saw a guy picking up the trash once. He was so passionate about doing it. I could watch him all day, That right? So Shabari is not something that I'm particularly into. It doesn't turn me on so much. Sure. But watching them turns me on yeah. just to see that and stuff and I like the idea that's part of what I, I try and do at the shop is to show people all these different things so that we have a menu of, of sexual fun things that we can choose or not mm -hmm. but we just then whatever you have you just say hey it's not my thing but hey I'll laugh with you sure. about how crazy and fun it is and how exciting and what stuff. do your um, kids think about you having darling way that was an adjustment, right? That was a big concern for me when I um, thought about it. And it took me four years before I got up the nerve to actually start this business, right? It's the craziest thing I've done. And between law school and five kids, right? For me to say it's a crazy thing is pretty good. Um, but they were pretty good with it. And uh, one, my daughter told me she was glad I found people who like to talk about sex as much as I do, because <laughs> I've always liked to talk about sex. Um, and my son said, oh, you know, if you only have one shop or something, that's a little weird. He said, but if you have the Victoria's Secret of shops, that's awesome. I was like, of course, that's what we need to do. Um, and I do because because my mission isn't just to sell a bunch of products. Like I said, it's the conversation. If I could run it as a community service, a charity, I would. Mm -hmm. um, but it just needs to sustain itself because we all need this. Um, so, uh, And then my oldest son and daughter-in-law work with me at the shop, yeah. so they're pretty proud of it, and I love it. And my that daughter-in-law is Hispanic, yeah, right? She recognized him, him. right. And, um, you know, so she grew up in a community also that didn't know very much and didn't talk about it and didn't have necessarily healthy views on sexuality. Mm -hmm. So it's been really interesting. And um, it's changed the way that she then deals with her daughter, mm -hmm. um, which I really like. It's changed the way that we've dealt with things. And I, t and I tell people, like, I want my son and daughter-in-law to have great sex mm -hmm. because they are good together. And I don't want them to split up. So sure. it's my mission, right? Again, I can help them have mm -hmm. more loving sex and stuff. Um, and that's way more important than worrying about what their house looks like and stuff, right? Um, so the kids, it's been an adjustment and stuff, and I think when they find, when they meet friends and their friends are like, oh, whatever, it's, right, it's a little bit different. It's different for me. But then I have, some of my kids have said, oh, my friend has a question, my roommate wants a vibrator, yeah. you know, what do I do? My other daughter set up my very first presentation at her workplace in Boston and stuff, and so I think they're, they're genuinely proud, and they know, you know, because I'm so passionate. I, I just need to make a difference. This has to help people. Yeah. Well, well, definitely because, um, you know, you have 
the quote unquote sex shops where it's like taboo, you gotta hide, you don't wanna get recognized, right. you know. You don't feel good about it. Things you, like that versus like coming in as a couple and exploring stuff and, and like you said, it's more of a conversation and I, I think it, it would be a really cool, um, it, it's a cool business plan too, you know, just like the business side of me is like, there, there isn't something like that, no. especially when you call it like the Vicky secret of shops. Yeah. yeah. No, I want it to be the place of romance. And I would point out the night that y'all came to the Shibari demo, my dad, right? My 78 year old dad and his, his girlfriend. girlfriend. Yeah. And my dad is as prude, I mean, as can be. He blushes all the time. When mm -hmm. I talk to him about the prostate, actually, he had a prostate removed because of prostate cancer. And I say it pisses me off that I didn't know about these prostate massagers beforehand, which is part mm. of my, you know, personal. This is, we all take our personal, and that's why we it's do. It's the Jewish gift. Professionally. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? So I want to stop that. But, yeah, so the fact that he could come and still be proud, and he's brought friends in there and stuff, right? It's not this – we're not talking about the taboo. We're not talking about dirty, raunchy sex. We're talking about meaningful sex, the most beautiful thing in the entire world, right? It should be the most beautiful, intimate connection that you can ever have. And that's that's what, I don't know, uh, yeah. I want to I want to give, like, I say a billion orgasms, but really it's a billion smiles without talking it's to like people. It's like McDonald's of orgasms. Yes, that's exactly what I want and stuff. But, you know, if you can't have, because some people have lots of sexy intimacy without an orgasm, and I don't want to, you know, disdain. So the slang is a billion orgasms. So wouldn't that be cool, right? Because if people walk around and they're loving and they're happy and squirting and they're squirting and they're and they're having their prostate massaged yeah. all the time, right? The world's just a better place. There's spooge yeah. everywhere. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the world needs more spooge. Uh, well, Beth Liebling, am I Liebling. 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 Uh, you know what it means in German? No. I know there's love in there. Lieb is, is love. So right. that's why I was it's wondering if you were German, but then you said you were Jewish. So I was like, uh, well, there's Jews we came, everywhere. Oh, yeah, we came from, right, we left before any problems and stuff. But uh, Liebling is based darling or loved no, one yeah. or sweetheart in German. So and that's, that's, yeah. Darling so, way. Yeah, I like Thank that. Thank you so much for stopping by. Wait, and, I, I, um, I, mm -hmm. I have a question. So you have a book that's out. So oh yes, and um, so what is that? Uh, what is that about? What do you kind of talk about in your book? Well, here, sorry, I was giving you one. Oh, this yay. was for you. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. So of course, um, the I book. I thought it was a prostate massage. <laughs> Um, we actually thought about that, and I'll just tell you, Tingo, that my son was like, you're going to embarrass the hell out of him if you give him one of those. And <laughs> no, so uh, uh, I tried yeah. to be respectful, mm -hmm. but I'd love to give you one of those, and I will now. We'll follow up and see what you think <laughs> see, of it. See, that so, part you could have yeah. left uh, off the recording. <laughs> oh, I thought we yeah. were talking about this book. See, I, I got comfortable here, <laughs> yeah. and look where I go. I'm telling you, you can't no, take me anywhere. No, you're good. Um, we're we're grown-ups, and we're just having a cool conversation. Wow, this, is, this looks cool, even the art on the front of the book. Oh, thank you. So the book is Love and Laughter. Sexy, meaningful, but for everyone. Um, and yeah, and I'm really proud of it. I can't tell you how hard I've worked on it. it um, and I've wanted to write a book about sex since my parents threw three books at me. So this was really a dream come true. Self-published? Um, yeah, Darling Way. It's the first of many, knock on wood, because I've got several. The next one's going to be Love and Laughter, Get More, oh. and written for the guys. This is written, directed to women. But the nicest compliment I've gotten from a reader so far was a guy who said it's like a sexual translator. And it meant that he could talk to his wife about sex in a way that actually they could both understand because before he was talking about one thing and she was talking about something Got else. Yeah. So I like that, a sexual translator. So guys, I really do. It's not written like towards you. The next one, get more, definitely will be. But this one, if you read this, you'll get a good sense of what women think and feel like mm. because 
it's a lot of it is about how we view our bodies and uh, the issues we have, right? There's so yeah. many insecurities that are, are there and hold us back. For February, my, on my social media, the whole thing, I'm, little theme I'm trying to do this month is obviously love. But I wanted to post stuff that are kind of like, so this is great. I'm glad that you brought this because I could take a picture of it and actually post it and, you know, let other women you know know about it and you know thank you and I'd love to do if you've got a group um, or if anybody out there has like a group of people and you want to have a little book club discussion I will do those all day long Mm -hmm. okay folks really like I said my mission is to really help people and make a difference and let us open ourselves up to being our romantic souls and enjoying some sexy fun um, and with pride and power and confidence so Mm -hmm. I would love it so you can order your copy on darlingway.com it is called love and laughter sexy meaningful fun for everyone It's by Beth Liebling and let me just read a, a sentence off the back of the book this book will answer your questions about love and companionship, but also about blowjobs, butt plugs, and how to make your marriage last another 50 years. It sounds very interesting, and uh, we're going to check it out. So get your copy, darlingway.com. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. And now this I'm gonna, is so now much I'm, fun. Shout out your podcast, because I'm going to be on yours. Oh, you are. Yeah, my show is um, Love and Laughter with Beth, and we air on Saturday nights on ESPN Houston at 97.5 FM. But then afterwards, it lives on as a podcast on iTunes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Double I can't wait. Oh, yeah. Then I'm going to ask you all about groupies and all this sort of hey. stuff. Hey. <laughs> yes. Tune in for the scoop. <laughs> thank you. Chingo Boom por la mañana. El podcast de la raza.